This is COVID-19 Seattle. I'm Dave Ross. And I'm Aaron Granillo. What are we to make of an updated CDC report on COVID-19 deaths? The agency over the weekend found 94% of fatalities from February through August included some other factors, things like high blood pressure, diabetes, or other complications. That means, according to the CDC, that only 6% of COVID deaths in the U.S. were caused solely by the coronavirus. Dr. Chris Spitters is Snohomish County's public health officer, and he wanted to set the record straight. The fact that comorbidities were listed on the death certificate does not mean that these deaths were not due to COVID. It means that COVID may have either caused a condition that led to an untimely death, like shock, sepsis, pneumonia, respiratory failure, or that other conditions made the person more vulnerable to the ill effects of COVID, like high blood pressure, diabetes, chronic lung disease. And he says just because the other diagnoses were listed on the death certificate and indeed contributed, COVID was the ultimate cause. Bottom line, Spitter says. COVID-19 is real. The, the hospital and fatality consequences are real, and it is causing more Americans to die than we have lost in previous years and far more than are lost in our annual influenza outbreak. President Trump actually tweeted out, then deleted that 6% death figure, seemingly arguing that the virus is not all that severe. Where does this latest round of confusing, misleading information fit into the COVID conversation? Well, everybody's trying to figure out whether this is real or not, and I think we know it's real. One of the best statistics I found was on a site called Real Clear Politics, which sort of branched out into Real Clear COVID statistics. And what they did was they took the average number of flu deaths in a normal season, the, the last comparable season, and gave a death count. Of, of that, and then compared it to COVID. And it's uh, by a factor, I think, of two, the number of additional deaths during the COVID epidemic is during a regular flu epidemic. So just another way to sort of tease out these statistics. And it's like, you know, somebody with a, a heart condition uh, is hit by a car and dies. Well, did he die of the heart condition or did, did he die of the collision? You can also argue, I mean, people die of old age, right? So if someone over 80 dies and you're beyond what the you know normal lifespan is in America, do you say they died of whatever it was, COVID, heart disease, or do they just die of old age? So these things, of course, can be massaged. But I think what we do agree on is if you just look at the overall death count, just the raw numbers, there is a, a significant elevation in the death count because of COVID. How much do you think we should be looking into these arguably questionable moves by the CDC. We remember those new testing recommendations that were announced last week. Uh, I think every public health doctor, at least here in our state, says don't follow those recommendations. Um, now this new this new death count, it, it, it's, it's kind of providing fodder for all sides here, right? People who don't think the virus is serious and then others who think maybe the administration is up to something sneaky or something. Well, this all comes against a background of a president who has been known and I think even his supporters admit this, to ad-lib a lot and clearly has an interest in diminishing the the threat due to COVID because this is something that Joe Biden's making a big issue of. It's sort of the core of his campaign. So that's why we report this stuff and uh, we dutifully report what the officials say and then we go back and see if they're right or not. And I think over time, we've gotten a feel for how serious this is and whether beyond the death count, we know that the actual physical effects of the disease, even in those people who have been, quote, cured of it, are significant. And to me, it all gets back to how much inconvenience do you put yourself through to prevent yourself 
from getting it. So for, for a normal cold virus, we don't take any precautions, right? I mean, during cold season, people are supposed to wash their hands more, but they don't because, you know, even if you catch a cold, you can take a treatment for it and it goes away in a week. COVID sticks with you for, well, in my sister's case, two weeks, and it was horrible. Mm. Um, others are saying it takes a month. So that tells me, yeah, for this, I'll go to the inconvenience of wearing the mask and not getting out as much. Hey, one more note. I also heard today about uh, antibodies, because we actually alluded yes. to this yesterday. Uh, latest evidence shows that antibodies can now last for, what, four, four months? months? Yeah, right. Oh, they were persistent. Originally, we got we were worried that because the virus was was evolving so quickly that the antibodies you got from your original infection wouldn't prevent you from a future version of the virus. And apparently, the latest research indicates that uh, you've got you've got a four-month window there. Some unemployed Washington residents could be getting a financial boost from the state's eligible applicants will get an extra $300 unemployment benefit starting September 21st. But not everyone who files a claim will get the added payment. It's currently reserved for people who are unemployed due to COVID-19, and it's time-limited. Only people who file claims over a three-week period between July 26th and August 15th will qualify. Extra funding comes from an executive order. President Trump signed off on that after those $600 federal payments expired on August 1st. Dave, I know you spoke with Nicole Jennings, our reporter yesterday, uh, about people who've been waiting for months to get those benefits and still haven't received their first payment. What's the latest from uh, ESD? Latest well, uh, good news. The uh, approvals are coming through. I got a uh, note from a listener who had uh, written me an email, I guess, last week saying that he'd been turned down and he, and he sent me a photo from his iPhone of his approval letter. He was very happy. He said, thank you very much. I said, I'm not sure if we helped, but uh, we did send those those uh, emails to the unemployment department and, and uh, asked what gives. And uh, so we're hearing they're getting some results, which is great. I was glad to hear that. What about people who still haven't got paid? What did Nicole tell you? Is it just a matter of them? They're slammed. Yeah. They're yeah. slammed. And they're slammed from both directions, right? Initially, they were... Uh, sort of glossing over some of the requirements in terms of not double-checking, and they got scammed Mm -hmm. by these fraudsters. And so they cracked down, started insisting on ID, which slowed down the whole process. They hired more people. They even brought the National Guard in, right, to help them uh, make the calls. And um, finally, they're getting around to it. And obviously, there was pressure on them because, I mean, we're getting these stories, Aaron, about people saying, we've gone through our savings. We're starting to sell the furniture. Please, please help. I mean, these are hardworking people who are entitled to the unemployment benefit. It's uh, an extraordinary case. And um, they're not the type. I mean, I didn't get the idea that these are people who are regular complainers are just saying, look, I've got no other options and we're supposed to get this. Please make something happen. And I, I think slowly it is. Yeah. And ESD has said that everybody who is a legitimate person filing a claim will get their full benefits retroactively whenever it does go through. One more note about help for renters who might be uh, unable to pay their bills. More than 40 million renters across the United States will be saved from eviction through the end of the year. The CDC announced yesterday a nationwide moratorium halting evictions for people who meet income and other eligibility requirements. Now, you might be asking, 
why the CDC is getting into the business of protecting renters. Can you explain that for us, Dave? Well, the CDC action follows an executive order issued by the president August 8th, and the order directed the CDC to evaluate whether temporarily halting evictions for failure to pay rent would be reasonably necessary to prevent the further spread of COVID-19. And it's sort of one of those things where, hint, hint, it would be good if you could determine that it was necessary to prevent the further spread of COVID-19 because the law gives extraordinary latitude to what the government can do when it's faced with something like a, uh, a pandemic. So in the order issued yesterday, the CDC, in fact, concluded such a temporary ban on evictions would be an effective measure to prevent the spread of COVID-19. I haven't read their full rationale for that, but I would imagine that you could refer to how quickly this has spread through homeless camps yep. and that if you were to add to the homeless population, you would, in fact, help the germ spread. It's also why the CDC is recommending against homeless encampment sweeps during the pandemic, because they don't want people uh, spreading it further um, and, and you know moving around the cities like Seattle and, and potentially spreading COVID-19 that way. Didn't stop them from sweeping uh, <laughs> Cal Anderson Park, though, last night, did it? No, it did not. We will be back tomorrow and every day after with a 10-minute rundown of the daily local news. You can subscribe to this podcast. You can also find our news coverage on MyNorthwest.com or listen live at 97.3 FM.